All right, good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, January 11th, 2021. And interestingly enough, considering everything that's occurred in the last week, there isn't super uh, much to report on, which is kind of good. But we're going to be covering things that's going on uh, that are going on all around the world. So let's get into it. Now, Nancy Pelosi said, and this is all everything that's occurred pretty much in the last 24 hours with respects to them wanting to impeach Trump and all that, has essentially said that if the 25th Amendment is not invoked or doesn't happen, they're going to move with impeachment, which is going to start today. They've already introduced articles of impeachment and legislation, so we will see what uh, what happens there. Now, we are finding more and more videos and facts to be coming out from the uh, from the Washington riot. And it's interesting to see what's coming out because there's evidence to suggest that paid actors were there. Now, the question then becomes how many paid actors, how many of them were influencing others, and how many police were on the take? Because ultimately, the evidence of the police just letting them in is, is insane. I mean, look, at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't matter whether you agree with the riot or not. But to me, ultimately, the way I see it is that this is supposed to be one of the most protected places in the world. And somehow these these police were just able to let them in. Either they feared for their lives, which means that respectfully, these people have to, I don't want to use the word man up, but you kind of sign up for a job that, I mean, no one expected the Capitol to be raided like that, but you swear an oath when you sign up for a job like that, right? With that being said, the question then becomes, were they paid off? And if they were paid off, then that's unfortunate because then we're looking at something where federal authorities are actually being bribed, right? So the question then becomes, was this an inside job by not I don't want to say the Democrats overall, but certain elements of the Democrats in order to uh, through various, you know, uh, NGO funding or dummy corporation funding in order to make this happen. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying we got to look at all the sides here and the media is already jumping to the whole thing of, well, it was Trump's fault. And, you know, he's going to get impeached or the 25th Amendment da da da, and all that. Now, there's also talk of Trump uh, executing the. Um, I believe it's the 14th Amendment, which is the Insurrection Act. I be- Oh, sorry, no, not the 14th Amendment. He's going to sign the in- Insurrection Act, which allows the full force of the military and all other federal agencies to take full control of the entire country, pretty much. Why he would do that, look, I very slightly can I understand why, but ultimately... If he is on the right side of history here, and I'm going to play devil's advocate both ways. So <clears throat> if he's on the right side of history, he is being attacked from all angles under the justification of he's a bad man and oh, look, orange man bad. That's pretty much what the media says all the time, right? But at the same time, if he's on the wrong side of history, then it would be very frightening if he were to um, enact the Insurrection Act. However, not as frightening as it were to be if it were to occur a year and a half two years ago why because a lot of these covert lockdowns are in one form or another an insurrection act in many ways they that could be legally argued and i think it has been legally argued so it's hard to say like i said i'm not here to tell you guys what to think or how to think i just want to present all the sides and we can continue the conversation um in the comments section as as i appreciate you guys do the next thing is that the uk is considering only letting people go outside once per week for their walk or exercise look it this it's just getting worse and worse and I'm not, I'm not talking about the virus i'm talking about something that i believe to be and i could be wrong i'll tell you guys right now something bigger than the virus which is a mental health issue certain people can handle staying inside no problem um fortunately for example i would be one of them i'm sure many of you can as well but others are having serious mental issues and the mental issues 
And I have to agree with Trump when he said this many months ago. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. If the cure or the vaccine is being rolled out, let's just assume hypothetically, because I've said this many times, I have to say according to YouTube, it's real. Let's just assume that everything is fine and dandy and the vaccine is all nice and that, you know, there's a real virus and this and that. Let's assume for a second that you got to take the vaccine. Okay, you take the vaccine. And then you still got to wait to go outside. And then after you take, because you got to wait for your second shot. Then after you take the second shot, you still got to wait a week to uh, be fully immune or to go outside. And then after that, it's, well, not everyone took the vaccine, so you still can't go outside. They just keep coming up with reasons to keep things in a sort of martial law kind of police state look. So I understand when they say cases are going up in countries or states or provinces or regions around the world where there are less restricted uh, lockdowns and things like this. But the question then becomes... How far do we allow this line or this threshold to be crossed where the government can regulate what they say and tell us, um, of, you know, where we can stay inside, how long we can stay inside, how long we cannot go outside for? And so I think in many ways, this is legally an overstretch of power. Now, the question then becomes how much of this should be executed in order to bring life back to normal? Well, the way I see it is if there's enough people out there that do not want to follow the rules, there shouldn't be rules. And if there are, then maybe a small amount. Now, I understand the scientific aspect, but with that being said, to me, guys, it's very simple. If people want to take the chance, let them take the chance. If people and, and if for those who want to stay inside and cooperate, they will. So, I mean, maybe that's an oversimplified answer to a lot of things. And I understand I'm not trying to be like the guy that knows all and ends all kind of thing. But uh, and I'm sure those of you who know me by now know I'm not like that, but it's just it, it comes down to preference and opinion. And regardless of how deadly or not deadly this virus is, there is a legal argument and there are many legal arguments being made around the world about this and about the restrictions of these types of freedoms. And I, I honestly concur and I agree. The next thing is that in Quebec uh, at 8 p.m., which is the province just next to mine because I am in Toronto, Ontario in Canada, in Quebec at 8 p.m., there is this huge horn that goes off, and it almost gives this kind of like purge feeling, like it's right out of a movie, right out of a movie. And there are videos circulating online, if they might have been put up on American websites by now, not sure, or other websites around the world. But essentially, what's happening is this massive siren goes off, literally sounds just like the the purge siren. Um, excuse me, the purge sirens in in the movies, and not military tanks. Because that's like martial law, essentially, police state. But uh, police and RCMP, which is like the FBI of Canada, cars and 4x4 trucks and things like this are driving down streets of towns, neighborhoods, cities, you name it, in order to ensure this lockdown and this curfew is obligated and obliged by and followed. It's really creepy, man. I, I honestly like that. I can understand why a lot of people don't want to take it that far because the thing then becomes if people don't listen to the lockdowns, what do you do next? That's a, what's happening in Quebec is a perfect example of what you do next. And that is essentially a police state. So I don't blame a lot of these politicians when they're trying to please both sides, meaning they're trying to please the businesses, but they're also trying to please the people and the scientists at the same time. So I think ultimately, you know what? At the end of the day, there's only so far one can go. Until it's like, listen, we got to lock it down and it becomes martial law police state, right? The next thing is that Parler is officially offline. They said it'll be about a week before its services are back up and running. But look, I don't know what that means for people who at, who have the app. I did download it. I'm not sure if I still have it on my phone. I don't think so. But 
I don't know if people who already downloaded the app can still get onto it or if when you, when you hop on it says that the services are not available because Amazon Web Services also cut off Parler's um, web hosting service or servers, if you will. So they had to find another host. And it's very interesting because they call this a, a staged coup or a staged attack against them. And you know what? It just goes to show you that when Apple removes it from its app store, when Google removes it from the Android store and all that, and then Amazon cuts off Parler on the back end, they're essentially their core infrastructure and the way in which their app runs off of. It's a scary thing because it shows you how these big tech companies can literally deplatform you and delist you and completely just erase everything just because they felt like it. And I'm look, the argument is, well, we want to prevent the president from going on parlor and spreading all, you know, the, these lies and things like this. But look, unless there's a serious death threats, then if that's the case, then shouldn't they be shouldn't these tech companies be censoring for every potentially implicative and sensitive word, a meaning of words that have been tweeted or posted or typed on Facebook or Reddit or Twitter or what have you. But they're not. So again, context matters, but one needs to be consistent with their outrage or with their censorship. That's the way I see it. Even if you don't agree with it, you can't favor the people that you're letting go. But then because the president might jump onto Parler, oh, no, 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 he Parler, you're gone. Fuck off. Like, it can't work like that. It just, you know what I mean? Uh, anyways, so... The next thing is that people are comparing this to the Nixon scandal again. Okay, I'm not even going to really comment on that because we know what happened with Richard Nixon. He was essentially impeached, but he resigned before he got impeached or before his impeachment was going to uh, take into effect. Yeah, I mean, he got the vice president to pardon him at the time. I forget who the vice president was, but long story short, I mean, look, Nixon had his, his problems, but he also had his, his benefits. He did a lot of good things that people tend to overlook because the mainstream media narrative, especially nowadays as well, you think of Nixon, you think of Watergate, and that's it. So I don't know. Anyways, Joe Biden announced early this morning that he was going to nominate William Burns as the CIA director, which is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know much about him. Apparently, he's been a very good diplomat overseas. But the question then becomes, does he serve the establishment or is he completely unbiased and he is purely an intelligence guy? That's what I want to see. We can never fix the fact that these intelligence agencies are corrupt and ruthless and morally not there or ethically not there. Uh, because ultimately, the way of gathering intelligence is that of a very depraved form of, of gathering intelligence. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Nor is it a good thing, but it comes down to the interests of a certain nation, right? So we'll see how he does. We'll see how he does if he gets nominated, which he probably will. The next thing is that China says that a WHO, World Health Organization, expert panel on COVID will arrive on January 14th, which is a few days from now. What a joke. What a joke. And this is nothing against the Chinese people. This is against the Chinese party, the, the CCP. Um what a joke that is. I mean, you're telling me a year later when everyone's got the vaccine, allegedly, you're now going to put a panel for COVID on the WHO board. You should have done this a year ago. If you really wanted to take responsibility for what occurred, you should have done this a year ago. And I'm not saying that Chinese, the Chinese government is solely responsible. I believe there are other elements in play and the United States is one of them that actually allowed for this ripple effect and this leak from the Wuhan lab to occur. But I don't want to get too conspiratorial. And again, it's the morning episode, so we'll just leave that for the, the afternoon episodes. The next thing is that the U.S. has already made moves to further help and progress Taiwan's agenda, which is meant to upset China heavily and strongly it is um, going to piss them off. 
Good, because at the end of the day, uh, and I'm not saying this out of spite, but I believe if we take a look at it from a non-emotional strategic standpoint, a move was made by China, whether it was intentional or not, which was COVID. Now counter moves need to be made. And China's not a fan of Taiwan at all. So the fact that the U.S. is supporting tai, uh, Taiwan and Taiwanese companies and things like this economically and financially, it puts it's a, it's a jab at China. It's kind of like um. It's kind of like a quick jab to the face. It certainly will not knock China down whatsoever, but it's a quick it's a quick slap in the face, you know. So, I mean, do I think it's necessary? I think some show of force has to be displayed. I mean, not going to lie, um, Trump was saying for the longest time he wasn't happy with President Xi, but he didn't really deal with it because there was the whole thing of dealing with the issues back at home on uh, on homes, homeland, home soil and the election. So, again, the guy can only do so many things at once. He's only human. Right. So it's a, it's hard to say. The next thing is that allegedly, according to the New York Times, some small businesses are reporting that they literally got relief loans of like a dollar or two dollars, like literally a check that came in that was a dollar or two. Now, look, I'm not saying because it's the New York Times, we have to question it. We always have to question it, whether it's Al Jazeera, New York Times, Breitbart, you name it, the Washington Post, uh, all these, you know, the intercept, far left, far right, center. We got to question all of it. It depends on the context. A lot of stories are reported without context and in some cases have the illusion of giving context when there really isn't. And so they choose stories. These outlets choose stories based on clicks and views. And so I'm not saying this is not true. I mean, the money being given to the American people is substantially less. I mean, both both sides have said that the people need $2,000 checks at a minimum and maybe even more than just a one-time payment of $2,000 checks, right? So the next thing is that the Queen and Prince Philip received their vaccinations. I mean, oh, God bless the Queen. <laughs> and um, and Harry and Meghan Markle are going back for the Queen's 95th birthday parade. How the hell are they going to have a birthday parade with all this crap going on? So people can't go outside in the UK to go for a walk or things like this, but the Queen's going to have a birthday parade? This is exactly the kind of hypocrisy that makes people, even if they do believe the virus is real, makes them not want to go out and, and, and follow these rules. Because it's things like this. And I know the whole thing as well. We have to, con you know, resemble some sense of normality. Yeah, but these are not normal times. Like, it doesn't... And, and maybe you can debate what I just said there and say, Dave, that's a cop-out answer when I said these are not normal times. But, like, you're going to have a parade when people can barely even go outside for an hour a day? Like, are you kidding me? Now, okay, maybe the parade might be revised or whatever to adjust, you know, the COVID environment and situations. But what, like, even if no one can see the parade, there's still going to be a parade... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even if people can't go stand on the street and watch behind the gates like they normally do in past years, it's still a damn parade. What the hell are you doing? Like, this is not a time to do this thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine for, I was even going to say tourism reasons, but tourism is almost non-existent right now for almost every country in the world. So, anyways... The final thing is that Senators Hawley and Ted Cruz are allegedly facing growing and increasing calls to be expelled or resign, which is interesting to see because both of them plan to run for president in four years from now, and they're trying to pick up the, uh, the mega base. Whether we like Trump or we don't, or we like Republicans or we don't, we have to see here that strategically, Senator Hawley and Senator Cruz are going for the Republican base, for the, the, the base that has catered to Donald Trump. And so... There's calls of them, you know, uh, sh having to step down or resign. Um, they're pretty much saying that even after the riot, the fact that they raise concerns about the election is just constitutional and patriotic because they're raising concerns about the integrity of the election, which they have said has been done before in the past, which is true. However, 
it's a it's the context of the situation and it depends how we look at it and this is where the english language kind of comes in if you can flip the words to get away with certain things then essentially you can murder a thousand people and you could still have an excuse in some form of um proverbial pronunciation or um expression rather and so look at the end of the day it depends on how we view it it depends on what you think the true intentions of senator hawley and ted cruz were now senator hawley had a book deal that was then scrapped by the publisher um he's pissed off about that and he pretty much said that he is by no means trying to support these riots but he just wants to question the integrity of the system in which elections take place in and people are calling bullshit saying you're just low-key um implying a sense of being able to rile up trump's base Look, it, again, guys, it comes down to this, and it's so shitty for me to say because I wish I could give a clear-cut answer, but it comes down to how you perceive it, how we perceive it as people, what we think the intentions of Senator Cruz and Hawley really are, and that's what it'll come down to. Don't listen to what the media says to you. Don't listen to what the papers are telling you and things like this. What do you think? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the uh, the morning episode as well. So anyways, that's it for today. Um Maybe some other new things have occurred while I'm recording this, but I doubt it. Uh, we're going to see what happens with respects to the articles on impeachment that is supposed to begin today. And uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you very much.